This is Lab Medicine Rounds, a curated podcast for physicians, laboratory professionals, and students. I'm your host, Justin Kreuter, a transfusion medicine pathologist and assistant professor of laboratory medicine and pathology at Mayo Clinic. And today we're rounding with Jamie Hergett. Jamie serves as a placement coordinator within the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology here at Mayo Clinic. Thanks for being here with us today, Jamie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, we're excited to get your insights on your role as a placement coordinator about how we can kind of recruit people into our laboratory profession. That's, that's quite a challenge I think many people are struggling with and our audience physicians, laboratory professionals, and students are all going to be, I think, uh, smarter after hearing your wisdom. I certainly hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's kick off with, maybe you can underline, highlight for us, why is recruitment really an important topic to talk about in 2024? I think it's always an important topic, but especially as we move into the future and to try to stabilize our workforce, I think that's probably the key. The placement coordinators here in the Department of Laboratory and Medicine and Pathology currently recruit for our clinical lab technologist and medical laboratory science roles. According to the CDC, approximately 70% of medical decisions depend on the laboratory test results, showing the important role of our clinical laboratories and our clinical laboratory techs and medical laboratory scientists in today's healthcare system. An increase in the population of older adults is expected to lead to greater need for laboratory testing to diagnose different medical conditions. I was taking a look at the Bureau of Labor Statistics to prepare for this. Actually, they updated it in September of 2023 and projected the MLS and CLT job roles will grow at a rate of 5% through 2032, which is faster than average for all occupations. Wow. Okay. So that really does underline for us. It's always a challenge. We can see as we look into the future, there's going to be more laboratory medicine work being done. I like your use to the word stabilize. One of the things I was wondering for our audience uh, listeners, right? There's some of us that I think are pretty savvy to the language you just use about medical laboratory scientists, clinical laboratory technologists, but maybe for our students and maybe clinicians that don't necessarily understand how the black box of pathology works. Can you kind of uh, help us understand what are these roles? What are these people who are talking about recruiting to laboratory medicine? What, what do they look like? Specifically, medical laboratory science students, they take a lot of biological science and chemistry courses in school, and then they either major in medical laboratory science, or they take a fifth year, usually it's a fifth year, for a certificate in medical laboratory science where they are trained to do laboratory testing. And they go through clinical rotations, and they are highly sought after candidates across the nation in our healthcare systems. There has been a decline in medical laboratory science programs in recent years, which has led to a more prominence of the role of clinical laboratory technologists. At Mayo Clinic specifically, a clinical laboratory technologist is someone who has majored and graduated with a minimum of a bachelor's degree in a biological science or chemistry. So they are trained specifically in the laboratories that they're hired into to perform the laboratory testing that's needed. 
I got you. So we're talking about the people that are performing the lab tests in our hospital. Like, you know, so many uh, TV shows, you almost see like the surgeons are performing the tests. <laughs> but the reality, of course, is that that's not the case. We have specialized people that are trained to do this. Either you're saying medical laboratory scientists, so people that have really specifically trained for laboratory testing, which maybe we could probably get into in a little bit as far as what does that skill set look like? But then also we're talking about clinical laboratory technologists, like people that have a background in medical science from college and, and come to work in a, in a lab and get specific training. Okay. So that, that really highlights for us, who are we talking about? So I imagine you're probably going and recruiting at colleges and, and medical laboratory science programs. But I don't know, maybe there's even other places that are great to recruit for our workforce. I'm kind of curious, can you give us some of your gestalt over what are effective strategies to recruit and what doesn't really seem to work? It's great that you asked this question because we do actually get to go really across the nation to different colleges and universities to career fairs. That's probably our primary area that we will work to recruit college students from. A lot of our workforce that we are recruiting is coming directly out of college. So graduating with their bachelor's degree and then moving on to the lab. So in my experience, what works with recruiting someone is really being authentic. I think that's the most important thing. I found that connecting with the audience or that student is very essential. Oftentimes that connection is made by simply telling my story and how I came to be in this career. I started out as a technologist in a laboratory and, you know, worked my way into this placement coordinator role. So we find a lot of success also in tying our work to our Mayo Clinic values. There are a lot of people that want to work for an organization like Mayo Clinic and talking about our rich ties and how each and every sample that we see is a patient and how important that patient sample is, people are really interested in and students or prospective employees really want to make a difference. You know, we also speak with a lot of candidates that are on a pre-med track or any other sort of kind of pre-track, and we find success in letting them know about this career because it really could be a plan B or C, because maybe their plan A isn't doesn't work out, but so that they know that they have options, they can still be very impactful in healthcare. They can utilize the degrees that they've received immediately and start a fulfilling career. Hmm. You know, that's a great thing to point out because I think that a lot of times people have felt that healthcare, you have physicians and you have nurses, and maybe that's where the story ends for a lot of people. Do you think that the pandemic did that, you know, raise awareness of the laboratory and the people performing these tests, or has that not really kind of carried through to us more on the radar for the general public? <sighs> My opinion is definitely that the pandemic has put medical laboratory science and clinical laboratory technologists on the radar. You know, there was so much talk about the testing for COVID. And when asking about that testing, it was who's completing that. And we were able to really highlight and focus the great work that our laboratory technologists do, not only for COVID testing, but also for all other testing. I know um, Jenna Kreidinger, she's the other place coordinator with me. And we will oftentimes talk about that, 
you know, do you ever go to the doctor and do you get a swab? Or do you get a blood draw? Well, what do you think happens to that? You know, just asking that leading question about where do you think that sample goes? What do you think happens? And then that really sparks their like, oh, I guess I never really thought about it. And it can lead into a great discussion about the roles that we play and how impactful we are in the healthcare of each patient. For more laboratory education, including a listing of conferences, webinars, and on-demand content, visit mayocliniclabs.com forward slash education. You're talking about raising a question is a great way to get people to spark their curiosity and start that conversation. Are there strategies you've seen over the years that is like, uh, this This usually strikes out that I think a lot of people might be using. I think just handing out brochures, you know, like having a tabletop full of brochures and not connecting and not talking. Sometimes I'll be quite honest, we're at career fairs and it's so busy that I do not have the time to connect with each and every student or person that stops by. Sometimes they'll come back, which is great because they'll say, yeah, I had to wait too long. So I had to come back. I love that because I know they're really interested. We will also leave those events and we'll see like our little postcards on the floor. Now, whether they dropped them on purpose or whether they dropped them accidentally, we don't know for sure, but really having to make those connections. The pandemic also gave us the option to do things virtually, which did allow us to speak to so many more people. So that has also helped, but being able to still give them resources. So it's maybe a link to a website, or even just saying, here's my email address, I'm putting it in the chat, reach out to me so that we can connect about future opportunities. So yeah. I like that. I think you're highlighting this connection again, because that is the invitation for authenticity that's in the invitation to discuss values of a, a medical center. But I guess like you're saying, just giving out pamphlets is not a good surrogate for you know our ability to recruit in because <laughs> we're lacking that connection. So keeping in mind our listeners, so we're having uh, clinicians, we're having laboratory professionals and students, how could each of us in these different groups become better ambassadors for our profession and hopefully amplify the efforts that you're doing? I mean, I really want to focus on this shortage of clinical laboratory technologists and medical laboratory science. So even as clinicians and physicians talking with others, especially teenagers and younger adults, about what it's like to be in a laboratory or to work in a laboratory. Career awareness is critical in staffing our labs for the future. As I mentioned in my earlier answer, when talking with others, make it personal and make it real. I think that people resonate with that so much more than, you know, again, maybe just a brochure or, you know, telling that real life story really helps them connect. It's a really great way to to describe what we do, to, you know, provide perspective on different career paths and the importance of what we do. Another great way is to foster the idea of how fun science is with children. Now, of course, we're maybe not creating career awareness with children yet, but if they think science is fun, they might really be interested in this role 
10, 15 years from now, which is when we're really still going to probably need to have these people entering our workforce. Jenna and I participated in an event at the Cass and Manorville schools last spring where we visited with fourth graders and we had fun scientific experiments. There were several organizations that were present there as well, but to really just highlight how fun science is. And the more we can do of that, I think the better off we'll be in the future. We need to not just focus on the college students of today. We need to focus on the future college students. Mm, interesting. So that there is value to highlight for everybody in, you know, you're not recruiting them to work uh, the next year or two, but in the school system and, and to encourage that science is fun, you see value in that and that people are then going to college, maybe pursuing that science degree, setting them up for these opportunities. Exactly. And that science career, it, it might lead to medical laboratory scientist, it might lead to nursing, it might lead to being a physician, but it at least sets them up for that future in science. I know having uh, interviewed a lot of people for medical school and, and also for residency programs, there's a number of people that will maybe start off in medical laboratory science and, and then go into nursing or uh, medical school as a, a next career. So there's neat opportunities. I think that certainly provides a unique perspective for those future nurses and physicians. As we're talking in 2024, I imagine that new tools may be opening up for kind of new opportunities in, in recruitment. Again, you're highlighting this idea of, of connection, and, and I'm kind of curious, are there anything that you're kind of excited to try out in the coming months? Well, I wish I could say that there is. To my knowledge, we don't have any new tools per se at our fingertips, but we are excited about making our information more accessible by utilizing QR codes. So definitely not a new tool by any means, but a really a newer tool for us with recruitment and using less paper. So it's a win-win there. I mentioned earlier that the pandemic opened up a lot of virtual recruitment opportunities. So we continue to use those to spread the word about this career choice and about Mayo Clinic across the nation, which is mm. great. We also work closely with our human resources partners to closely identify schools and areas we should focus on. We're really excited about our um, collaboration with the Office of Academic Partnerships here at Mayo Clinic, which allows us to partner and recruit at historically Black colleges and universities, mm -hmm. as well as a work-study partnership that we now have with the University of Minnesota Rochester. Another thing that, you know, really is going to play a larger role in 2024 is social media. You know, that's been around for a while, but we continue to use things like LinkedIn, Indeed, Handshake. TikTok is going to be new. So there's definitely, you're going to see Mayo Clinic out there on TikTok a little bit more. So I think that those are creative resources that can bring this information to the public. Wow. You mentioned QR codes and, and such. I just recently heard a uh, innovative uh, medical educator talk and talk about how they use QR codes. So I think some of these technologies that we're getting our hands around, there's, there's novel ways that we can use them. I'm kind of curious. So for 
our listeners, if they are reaching out and providing their story or getting people curious, maybe clinicians that are, if they hear somebody interested in medical school, to if they want to help them understand other careers in healthcare so that people can understand what are their opportunities. Is there like a professional website that you generally send people to that you kind of advise and say, if somebody's interested in a career in uh, laboratory medicine, what would be a great resource to give them? Well, unfortunately, I don't really have a great resource to give them. I always direct them to our Mayo Clinic website because that's where we want them to go. You know, we do have a clinical laboratories landing page on our external career website, www.jobsatmayoclinic.org. I'm not 100% sure on if I said that correctly, but that's usually where I direct them. We also have a medical laboratory science program through the Mayo Clinic School of Health Sciences. I think that would be a great way to learn a little bit more about that medical laboratory profession and what that schooling might look like. Mm, ah, great, great. And then, uh, you know, any final thoughts on words of advice for people that are trying to make those initial connections and share the story of what's it like to work in a lab? Be authentic. Don't sugarcoat it. I mean, I think that being honest, that it maybe isn't always glamorous, but at the end of the day, if you want to help a patient, then this is a great career to be in, especially if you don't want to be patient facing. You know, we do a lot of great work behind the scenes, for lack of a better way to say it. We still play a vital role. We just don't necessarily get to see that patient face to face. Wow. We've been rounding with the very authentic Jamie Hergut. Thanks for being with us here today. Thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us. We invite you to share your thoughts and suggestions by email to mcleducation at mayo.edu. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Until our next rounds together, we encourage you to continue to connect lab medicine and the clinical practice through educational conversations. Mm-hmm.